0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we have fun and fascinating conversations with all types of tango professionals. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. If you're a new listener, welcome. Glad you found us. You know, many of us are devoted to our careers, but a number of us will feel the need to open a new chapter in our lives and set off on a vastly different path. Facing such a moment can be scary, and if that hits close to home, then this episode's for you. My guests today have a very interesting story. They were both professional ballroom dancers who had won both US and world championship titles. But after 20 plus years of dancing, which involved strenuous training and multiple competitions, they decided it was time to make a huge life change. They dove deep into the world of coffee roasting and ended up building a coffee business. And in 2018, they officially launched Dancing Ox Coffee Roasters. Their coffee, which is mainly dance-themed, is available online and also in cafes, restaurants, and bars all around the U.S. And yes, they do make a Tango-themed coffee, in case you were wondering. And with me now are Lauren Schelfout and Jean Palovich. Thank you both so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's uh, great to be talking to you.
1: Thank you, Joe, this yeah. is a pleasure. Thanks for having
2: us.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm really excited about this because I love uh, talking to entrepreneurs and uh, dancers, of course. So um, I know that uh, although my podcast is, it's it's kind of centered around Argentine tango, um, but you both have a dancing background in, uh, in ballroom. So uh, we'll still go ladies first. Lauren, how, how did you first get into dancing?
1: I used to watch the Ohio star ball on TV and, um, I was 15 years old. I was on the swim team and after school, I used to watch the reruns of the Ohio star ball. And they used to have a lot of amateur competitions on ESPN and they really treated it like a sport. And I thought it was the coolest thing. And I was kind of getting bored with the swimming and I tried it at 15 and I was hooked. I wanted to learn every single partner dance there was possible. Yeah. So, and then eventually I studied in different cities. I lived in England for a year because ballroom dancing, a lot of the coaches were in the London area in 2002. And then I moved back to Boston and then I decided to move to New York to get professional training and, the rest is history.
0: Wow, nice, nice. So, where are you from originally, then, Lauren?
1: Uh, I grew up in uh, north of Boston, Andover, Massachusetts. Oh, okay,
0: okay. Yeah, and then
1: in um, 2006, I moved to New York
0: because okay. that was
1: really—I mean, there was a huge dance scene there. Right. So, I lived in the New York area from 2006 until about 2016. Okay. And yeah, at that time. You know, it was such a dance hub. Doesn't matter if you social dance or mm-hmm. competitively right. dance or any style. It was really cool being yeah. around all the dancers. Nice. And the nice. tango community is, there, is huge there. Right, right. Did, did you do any uh,
0: tango while you were there?
1: I did. I did learn a little Argentine <laughs> tango. Uh, it, it, was, it was always challenging for me, actually. Yeah. I think it was one of the hardest ones just because... I think I was used to all these strict rules and mm. um, you know, you really have to be a good follower for tango. So maybe that exposed that I wasn't such a good follower. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. what well, where I teach, I get a lot of um, former, uh, you know, ballroom dancers who are curious about tango or they want to make the switch over so it's always fun to talk about that i've had some ballroom training myself i worked at a studio for a little bit so oh,
1: okay. um, i got trained
0: up on some uh, american style mainly but yeah yeah good stuff yeah so Jean, how about you now uh did you come into dancing a little bit later in life
2: no actually i started dancing when i was a kid i think i was okay. about nine years old okay and um I'm, I'm from Russia originally. So mm-hmm. back then, um, they used to call it dance sport. I mean, that's, it's called, it's called dance sport now, but back then it was just, a like, it was like activity strictly for kids. There were mm-hmm. no adults involved. So we had a big groups of kids just competing, traveling around the country. And, uh, yeah, I started at nine. And, um, I think by age of maybe 14, um, I think I was, um, Number three in in, in Russia, nice. and uh, I said this is it. I accomplished everything that I wanted to, right? So <laughs> I uh, started focusing on academics to get into good school, and I didn't pick up ballroom until I was um, uh, twenty three years old. Oh, yeah, okay. and then I started my right away. I started my pro career here in the United States okay.
0: at twenty three. Yeah. So when you started up with ballroom, did it just that? that dancing love that had to sort of click in your brain again?
2: Yeah. Um, I think, you know, old muscle memory. Mm-hmm. I guess there is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was all wrong, so I had to relearn a lot of stuff. Uh, but um, I think it's just, um, it fascinates me how, uh, how uh, strict dancing could be uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to technique and, st- and stuff, but also how um, interpretive it could be. And so if you, if you, and master technique, then, then it's open for ter- interpretation. Yeah, nice. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now you both have had a pretty long distinguished career as pro dancers. Now, am I right in understanding you did not actually, you were not dance partners. You actually have competed against each other.
1: Yeah. Yes, actually, <laughs> I think we compete. Did we compete against each other? Maybe. Uh, maybe once or twice. Yeah. Okay. But no, okay. we um, we were never dance partners. Maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. We're still together, but <laughs> <laughs> we still like each
0: other. <laughs> that's funny. That reminds me of time. I remember because um, I've had several dance partners who we were never romantically involved, but we were just, you know, like good friends. But a lot of some of the dancers around us were. And then I remember during a practice session, we turned around and everybody was arguing except for us. And we were like, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> so- yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, that's that's amazing to me. The couples that are together in their real life, they can separate dance and personal life that's such a skill
0: Mm.
1: but Mm. um but yeah no we never we had our separate partners and careers and Mm. um yeah we were just fortunate to cross paths uh in boston okay
0: nice, nice but you dance together for fun i take it
2: oh yeah yeah (laughs) we like uh we like dancing socially salsa or mambo. awesome Awesome. that's how we go to dance
1: Yeah, 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 we try to do it as much as we can, even if it's in a park. Mm -hmm. And actually, we're probably dancing more in random places than designated salsa (laughs) venues. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's so amazing without the pressure of competing, just Mm -hmm. being able to do whatever you want. And one night, actually, we were checking out Charlotte before Mm -hmm. we moved here and we went to this, um, it was a Latin restaurant and it was the first night they were debuting a salsa band or DJ and we were social dancing and Jean was like doing all these crazy things but in a cool way, yeah. but it it just came out because he had the freedom to play. And he was like, mm-hmm. did you see that? I'm <laughs> like, yeah, I saw it, you were, you were spinning me. But
2: <laughs> I, noticed. Yeah. I noticed this four times,
1: <laughs> but it's cool exploring all this new freedom when we don't yeah. have the pressure, yeah,
0: yeah, so while you were uh, dancing competitively professionally, did you originally plan on dancing forever or were you always sort of thinking ahead of what you might want to do later in life?
2: Well, we um we like dancing for um sake of dancing, and uh, as you as you probably aware, a lot of ballroom dancers, they have to teach to support their careers. Yeah. So we weren't necessarily in love with teaching. And as um, our professional careers came to an end and we couldn't express, you know, professionally on the dance floor and perform, mm-hmm. we didn't find that kind of level of satisfaction in teaching, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is kind of a shame because uh, ballroom is uh, s- such an industry where most of the students are really adults. So. Mm-hmm. You know, they're limited to what they can do. And therefore, we also, I, I personally also felt stuck that I couldn't share all my knowledge because I had tons of it, but I couldn't share with my students because of just simply them not having the ability to perform at right. the level where I would like them mm-hmm. to perform. Yeah. So therefore, we had to find a new inspiration. hmm Because we are such an artist and uh, we always look for inspiration. hmm
1: at least with um, with, I think probably for Jean too. But for me personally, before we discovered coffee, I did think that dance would be a part of my life mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Intense. I mean, it will always be a part of our life, but yeah. intensely. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's probably different from Argentine tango in the sense that there is so much emphasis on professional practice and then professional competition on the weekends yeah and it just it was just a constant pattern of that and then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden when the competition was over and then you don't have to practice now you have a huge chunk of time that's opened up and Mm -hmm. you know there's a there's a big void inside of you and and for me personally I was thinking okay whatever I'll just get a judging license and I Mm -hmm. will maybe I'll open a studio at some point or I don't know, but there was always something hugely mm-hmm. missing. And it was, you know, I mean, at least for me, it's kind of a sad transition, I mm-hmm. think, when you're a young performer and then you have to hang up your competition shoes. Yeah. Maybe not for everybody, but mm-hmm. at least for me, did yeah. you feel?
2: No, that? actually, when I put my dancing shoes on the top shelf, I uh, felt. On the re- top shelf? On the top shelf. I, <laughs> I felt relieved because. I although I liked practicing, I also felt like um, also felt like at some point in my life I would have to do something different, and uh, I think that was the moment where I realized, okay, that time to make another plan because I I can't compete forever, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm also I'm not willing to settle to teach, you know. So um, that's why I intensely started looking at the coffee industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah it, it it was um it was amazing it was it was also refreshing to uh to do coffee because all of a sudden I became student again so I went from being a master in dancing mm-hmm. to being a student and uh, having all this amount of information that that, that I was willing to because i I love to learn new things mm-hmm. so that was just spot on yeah. for me
0: yeah now before coffee did
2: you have other other hobbies outside of dancing? Well, to be honest with you, I think dancing took up
1: yeah took dancing up, was, took over yeah. the
2: life. Yeah. Really, it was like more like a lifestyle. You can't really just do it casually on the side and have maybe like a nine to five. Exactly. Yeah, that, that just doesn't work. So we had to immerse ourselves mm-hmm. fully into it.
1: Yeah, we were actually just talking not too long ago. We have, you know, we have all these. Um, I know COVID's kind of in the way, but we right. we have some new family. Uh, events that are coming up you know a cousin's getting married a sister's graduating Mm -hmm. someone's getting a baby being born and and Mm -hmm. we we made this decision we said we really have a lot of lost time and events that we have to make up and we were saying I can't believe we missed that we missed so-and-so's graduation we missed so-and-so's wedding and Mm. all these things I know you can't look back and have regrets but we didn't even have time to Mm. do these major family things which was a shame so Mm. there was really no space at all for anything else Mm. in our life at that time wow yeah
0: yeah for argentine tank i mean there are competitions but like but competitions are for a lot of the people who who do them that's more supplement to your to your learning um Mm -hmm. other than that it's more of a very more of a social a social thing; it's more emphasized. So. Yeah, the, yeah, the
2: emphasis is not on the on competing. The emphasis yeah. is on the social aspect of it, which is kind of cool because mm-hmm. if you think of it, and that that's what um, that's what gives you that satisfaction. You know, you you go out, you dance, and then mm-hmm. you get your dance kick, dance kick. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah.
2: Every time we're out and uh, the music is on, if it if it makes us move, we're gonna bust a bus to move in the supermarket or something like this. So the, now right. we're. Now we're expressing ourselves yeah. nonstop.
0: Yeah. So how did you settle on coffee? I know you you did visit a coffee plant or a, like a coffee plantation at one point, and then um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, tell us the story of how how, how that happened.
1: Well, we went to um, Costa Rica, and we were actually I don't even know at that point if we were even discussing coffee. I don't think so. We were really interested in mm-hmm. drinking specialty coffee and getting whole beans and grinding Mm -hmm. in ourselves, but we didn't really think of it being a career. And then we went to Costa Rica and we got exposed to the farms and the coffee community there. And then we were thinking, Oh, wow, this could be a really, really cool world to get involved with. And actually the original plan Mm -hmm. was um, to have a coffee truck, and we wanted to have this in Charleston, South Carolina, but it didn't work out because there were a lot of restrictions in terms of where you can put the trailer. And, um, uh-huh. basically because it's such a historical city, they only have maybe 20 spots and you have to go into a, um, an, a bidding war uh-huh. to get that spot. And mm-hmm. so anyways, it, it didn't really work out, but mm-hmm. you know, everything happens for a reason. And then we went back to the drawing board, Mm -hmm. And uh, we started learning about it. We took roasting classes. (laughs) Uh, We um, worked side by side with other people in the industry that kind of mentored us. And Mm -hmm. then we decided to just pull the trigger and and buy our own roaster and and buy all the green beans and and slowly start Mm -hmm. um, selling. And, you know, obviously, like Jean said, we became complete beginners all yeah. over again. And we made
2: <laughs> we made
1: so many mistakes, but and mm-hmm. we still are, but that's a part of every single learning process. But but yeah. it's it's cool. We found a new passion mm-hmm. starting over. Yeah. And it's a it's a huge and another thing, I mean dancing is universal as well, but it's a mm-hmm. huge, huge, huge world mm-hmm. that that it's just incredible. And, you know, you, you hear about all these new countries that are finding new ways to grow coffee and, Mm. and sky's the limit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like you said, when you decided to, to pull the trigger and and, you you bought your own roaster, I mean, uh, what was that like? Was that a like, okay, oh my gosh, we're actually doing this. What, what was that moment like for you?
2: It was, um, it was a little bit of nerve wracking <laughs> because we had to, we had to spend a lot of money up front, but also it was kind of a relieving moment. I remember we had an eighteen wheeler pulling up into um, into our uh, production facility, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, guys started loading this huge roster and I was like, okay, th- th- this is where it gets real. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Not gonna be so easy to return that thing. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. yeah don't that look It don't accept <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So, so. The, the, so the first time you tried it out, like the first cup of coffee you made, what was
2: was that a special moment for you too? It was. Uh, I think the very first co- uh, coffee batch that we roasted was at, in the class. We went to okay. uh, South Carolina. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it Columbia? greenville oh it was in greenville south mm. carolina with roasting classes and uh it just came naturally to me I, i'm not sure why it, mm-hmm. but the the instructor was very impressed and uh <laughs> basically she she just let us operate the roaster and she just left the room and she's like i have a full faith in you you can you can go ahead and do it wow and from that moment on i was like okay i you know she gave me that confidence i can really do it right and then of course we, we, I mean, I made tons of mistake in the, mistakes in the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, I, I overroasted, roasted course, I baked some, but um, I always tried it and um, I, ha- I have this, I have, my mind would never let me uh, rest if I cannot figure out the problem, I mm-hmm. have to find solution, mm-hmm. even if mm-hmm. I just kind of like, I think I found the solution that will give me a, a, a peace of mind, so with every roast, that that didn't taste right i would go back to drawing board and look at the numbers and try to figure out and pinpoint what went wrong so Mm -hmm. through that process of error and trial uh, i also learned you know to be a little bit more patient Mm because if if you're if you're if you have a dance background and and you're a really good dancer then you think oh i'm going to be a really good coffee roaster well it doesn't work that way so (laughs) (laughs) it took a lot of patience and, and frustration to get to this point, but uh, I'm I'm really grateful we uh we chose this this mm-hmm. career as, as a profession.
1: I yeah. think our our first our first cups of coffee, mm-hmm. uh, were baked, and this term, if you cook it all, and it's really interesting because mm-hmm. roasting coffee is just like cooking, you know, if you're gonna roast something a vegetable versus baking it. When you roast something, it brings out the natural sugars.
0: Mm. Let's
1: say Mm. you're going to roast carrots. Okay. You know, when you roast carrots, they taste a little sweeter and they're a little bit more caramelized. Now, if you if you bake it, it's going to taste different, like roast chicken based baked chicken. So we in the very beginning, I mean, everything we tried, we liked it. But Mm. then obviously, the more you learn and compare it to other coffee, we realized that we were definitely baking the coffee in the beginning, mm. and the technique just continued to improve. Interesting! Wow!
0: Yeah, like, like you said about the learning, it's so it's so fun. So, Lauren, did this also sort of come naturally to you as it did for Jean?
1: Um, probably not as natural. I definitely wanted to learn how to roast. Mm -hmm. because you know obviously I wanted to learn all aspects of the business but after we did the roasting class we kind of decided that Jean would be doing the roasting Mm -hmm. and then I would be doing the business part of it that comes natural I work I managed a lot of dance studios and Mm. and worked for a few different companies and internships so all of that came natural and and I think that we're lucky enough that we both have um, strengths in different areas so Mm -hmm that allows jean to do his thing and really 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 improve the technique because it's improving even week to week so you know i would have to be doing that a lot more yeah. in order for us to kind of do the same thing yeah. so yeah and
2: i would do uh, deal with the clients and uh i think i think i would have a hard time doing that <laughs>
1: <laughs> didn't have no Coffee, Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> Jean also has a a math background, awesome. so just dealing with the science mm-hmm. and temperatures and all that stuff that definitely comes more natural That's to Jean.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask a little bit more, like, what of? Because uh, I I would imagine even though you know coffee roasting, dancing, though those might seem two pretty uh, different. Uh, genres of of life, but I imagine your previous experiences as dance pros has has helped you in in many ways. Like like you said with you, Lauren, um, you know you've run dance studios before, so some of those skills will translate over. And it seems to me that uh, you know all the attention to detail and all of that from dancing also translates into coffee roasting to some degree. But what other experiences as dance pros um, did you draw upon, or did you find
2: yourselves drawing upon to help you? um you know, well definitely up. one of them would be a discipline because if you want to be a successful mm-hmm. also you have to stick to routine and you have to do what needs to be done daily mm-hmm. and you know having that having that understanding allowed us to uh be disciplined when it came to roasting coffee mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh basically also hard work and you can really you know just kick back and relax and and, and think mm-hmm. oh, i'm gonna win this next championships, and you know i don't have to practice hard so <laughs> it it always evolves. Like Laura said, from week to week, we just discover uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. That that's that's probably two things that I that I think yeah. they're very similar. Mm-hmm.
1: I think with partner dancing, it doesn't matter if it's tango or swing or whatever. When you're in this world of partner dancing, you learn how to uh, work with people in general, mm-hmm. and there's a certain you know, if we compare ourselves before we entered dance and after, I think just the way we communicate with people and greet them and, um, how we just exist in that social setting, you carry yourself different. So we do, especially around the holidays, we were doing, um, markets or we might go and do a tasting at a store. Mm -hmm. And I think the ability, uh, for us to explain the coffee and talk to people and present it almost mm-hmm. like, like it's a dance. I know that sounds cheesy, but just <laughs> to be able to do that presentation, mm-hmm. I think it's because we were always on the spot and in and around people in mm-hmm. the dance world. So mm-hmm. that, I think that helps. Yeah, just
2: yeah. like when you dance or perform, you are able to project certain energy and the audience. And when you communicate with the clients face to face, you can pretty much do the same. thing. Yeah, you can just steer in the navigate you know, navigate the conversation, or or just uh, make certain impressions. You know, it's just being a dancer is really um, is really um, making making one a very flexible person when it comes to dealing with people. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah yeah that's that's great how um you know no matter you know, if you really put yourself 100 percent into something like coffee for instance yeah you know, how a lot of the other experiences that you've also that you've had in the past will translate i mean you're, there's, there's always something in your past that you can draw upon to help you with with oh um, yeah with your adventure yeah it's
1: amazing mm-hmm
0: yeah, so yeah. earlier you talked a little bit about um, some mistakes you made or a bunch of them. So what were what were some big mistakes you had made and what did you learn from them?
1: Oh, I know one huge one. In the very beginning, <laughs> we were sending samples, but not only samples. the The coffee that we were selling on our website was only whole bean because we came across some very exclusive high-end, coffee companies that would only do whole bean they wouldn't grind it Mm -hmm. so we thought well that's so cool that's gonna be us well guess what your average person doesn't have a coffee grinder at home (laughs) and you know there's a lot of people out there that like good coffee and they don't have a grinder and that's Mm -hmm. okay so we realized you know this is just silly and we invested in a big commercial grinder and we can do all the different grinds for everybody and it's just at the end of the day it's you know mm. if we can do it for someone why not yeah yeah and yeah. another thing mistake
2: that we made was uh, we were always focusing on really good coffee inside of the packaging much mm-hmm. attention to the what was on the outside and what we came to realize is that obviously you, you read the book by its cover so the packaging has to be on par it's and then we started comparing oh it's just like a dance competition it doesn't matter if you're a really good dancer if you're not wearing a, a costume that fits you and that complements you right then maybe dancing is going to be overlooked mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. same thing coffee we had to step up the game when it came to packaging
0: yes right? mm-hmm yes wow. yeah
1: i mean there's the, there's a list of mistakes but i would say <laughs> definitely the the major ones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: but yeah i mean like i said when you make those mistakes that's just another um, opportunity to learn and to to move forward from there yeah yeah Absolutely. yeah, yeah I, I remember when you asked when you sent the sample to me i wanted the the uh the drip coffee we do have a grinder here at home it's just that i was afraid it might scare the dog sometimes he doesn't like it so.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah but um yeah yeah it's funny when you uh, when you reached out to me back um back in yeah i think it was last year summer i was right before my son was born so I was definitely drinking a oh. lot of coffee then, so um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. <laughs> so, he yes, was I,
1: born last summer?
0: He was born in August, so I think I was communicating with you about my blog. I think I was at the hospital with my wife. So oh, wow. I, I was like finishing up the blog and everything, and yeah, so when you're, when the coffee came, it was perfect because, you know, <laughs> it's not a, yeah, we'll very good timing. It. It's like <laughs> so yeah. So what are some, um, uh, yeah, what are some future adventures and in, 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 uh, in coffee that you have in the pipeline that you can talk to about if it's not, if it's not top secret?
2: <laughs> well, one very exciting project that we're working on now is we are actually building our own roasting facility. Oh. so we're super excited about that. Mm-hmm.
1: We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna own it and build it from a building from the, the ground up. So, um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That is,
0: that's, you're really into it now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's
2: great. We're, we're, we're going to plow forward with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So that's going to be a major project and, um, something that we're, we've been going back and forth with and we kind of want to explore is the whole, um, K cup, uh, Oh oh, yeah. Yeah. Segment of coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, we're definitely open to it. It's just a matter of getting the right machine to do it and, Mm um getting the right grind for it because mm-hmm. even though it's, it's a drip coffee we're kind of experimenting that with a maybe with a finer grind like espresso mm-hmm. it might be better mm-hmm. but you know everybody has a lot of people have a Cut machine so yeah definitely yeah. an mm-hmm. area that we're interested in tapping into
2: okay and we're gonna blend in coffee and dance some more planning mm-hmm. so to uh, we you just got T-shirts without a company name on it. Like an and some funky <laughs> images. We're gonna wear them and we'll go out in the town. We'll take the speaker out and we'll probably perform in some public places. Yeah. We'll do a flash mob for Dance and Max Coffee Roasters.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's different. I mean that I wouldn't. I don't think that's something that a lot of people have
2: seen. Um,
0: you know, getting drawing attention to a coffee brand through dance. Why
2: not? Yeah, well, like Lauren said earlier, once a dancer is always a dancer. So mm-hmm. we participate in the competition, but dancing is going to be always a mm-hmm. big part of our lives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, once once the good song comes on, you know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh,
1: actually this is a this is a big mistake. I think it was our very first mistake and is probably the biggest. Mm-hmm. We when we started the company mm-hmm. we were ox coffee roasters mm-hmm. so they no dancing and we thought we could just step into a new industry and have success and not only is there another company called ox coffee but mm-hmm. we were up against every other coffee roaster and if we had to ask ourselves well, what's so good about us mm-hmm. okay our oh, coffee's good yeah but that was well, that's it not enough. Yeah. that's not enough and we one of our wholesale clients we told her that we used to be dancers and she was blown away yeah why we worked so hard and devoted most of our life to dancing mm-hmm. why not incorporate that into our brand and john actually drew the logo he took the idea from um king kelly. Kelly, kelly turned it into an ox and then we added the dancing Mm-hmm. And you know, this is the the icebreaker that everybody's interested in and it really set us apart from our competitors.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's that's the one thing is like you said, there's so many other uh companies out there and, and differentiating yourself and just having that long, that strong dance background, it really um yeah, that makes you memorable, you know.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. use that to set ourselves apart. Awesome.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about, you know, um the making again just sort of making that tr- transition from from uh from dance to to coffee or to other professions. Because I remember um because it's really important I think for you know, professional dancers of any genre, whether it's ballroom or tango, to maybe think about the future. I mean, perhaps, you know, dancing if if one day this isn't something you feel like doing anymore, um, you know, what what's the next step and how how to kinda have the right mindset for, for doing that. Um, so yeah, so I mean some for some people, like they think they're gonna be dancing forever, and some people do, but not everybody does. Uh so yeah, what do you, uh, what kind of, I guess, what kind of advice would you have for, for people to, you know, if, it's, if there is sort of a, a feeling of that it's time to give this up and to move on to something else, what do you think are some, some signs of that? <laughs> that, that one should be considering a, a,
2: change of, uh, a change of career or a change of uh, adventure? Well, n- number one, if, if you really haven't thought of, um, is this the right time to quit? Or you start thinking about it then probably it is right because mm-hmm. if you're really involved in it and you love loving it you that that thought would never cross your mind
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh i think for me that, that the advice would be you have to kind of like i said you have to follow your passion right so you have to find something that really excites you because if it excites you enough then you don't really feel like working and you can work overtime and you can put all your energy and effort in it just like with dancing when you're practicing I would wake up early, practice, teach lessons, practice some more, pack the bags and go to compete. Right. And I never felt like, oh, I'm tired or I have no energy. It was always exciting. Mm-hmm. And with the coffee for me, it's always exciting. And I cannot wait to like get up. I will make a nice pool for myself, start the day right with the coffee. And then fire up the machine and, you know, roast and do some samples. We always talk about the company sometimes we're trying to implement this rule where we say, okay, no more business. It's like nine o'clock at night, nothing, we can't talk about the business, but yet it's so exciting that mm-hmm. we still, we still do discuss things about the company. So that, that's something that you, you can find if you inside of you mm-hmm. and that would be my advice, just do something that you really love because it will always be more fun this way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think if you're doing something that is that has an exploration in terms of uh, the physical body and, and, you know, and getting older, if you're a performer or, you know, you know, athletes run into the same thing. But if you're doing the performing side of dance or the competition side of dance, mm-hmm. uh, if, if you're in a particular dance culture that you can't do it, let's say, past the age of 40. Mm -hmm. You know, just be honest with yourself. This is going to end. And at at least for me personally, even though I was competing and dancing and physically active all the time, Mm -hmm. I just ignored it. And I convinced myself that I would still be okay. just owning a studio and and being a judge and standing still and holding a clipboard that I would be fine and deal with it later. Mm -hmm. So I think I should have been more honest with myself. Um, but like Jean said, if you're having those thoughts, you know, recognize them mm-hmm. and find a new passion. It's not like I thought, okay, I don't want to do, I don't want to teach anymore. I don't want to be in the industry anymore. So I have to find my new passion. How do you just ask yourself or tell yourself, <laughs> find a new passion, go do it. Yeah. And I kept asking and looking high and low. And I was like, okay, I, I, I have no idea it's hopeless so i think you just have to understand that there is a transition time and during that transition be open-minded try different things Mm -hmm. and understand that it's not going to happen overnight yeah Yeah. and it will come to you so i guess the advice is be honest with yourself and listen to yourself Mm -hmm. and allow yourself that transition time to find something new yeah Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that's excellent. I'm really glad you, you brought that up. I mean, because you know, I I bet there might be some people who are dancing or doing whatever it is that they're doing and they may lose that passion, but they, you know, might kind of still be saying, I have to do this, but then, you know, be be honest with yourself. And like I said, it's not the end of anything, but maybe the opening of a new chapter that's going to be just as satisfying, if not more. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And we meet so many of our peers that they stop competing, but Mm -hmm. they love teaching. And then that, that's that's so unique and that's beautiful. They're, they're able to stop mm-hmm. that and switch over. So teaching has now become the new passion. So yeah. um, it's just about discovering who mm-hmm. you are and what you want, not being afraid to try something. Yeah. So yeah. That's what you do. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and also whether it's with dancing or anything else, there's often like a, a greater motivation that's sort of behind it. Like you said, with people who really enjoy teaching or helping others, like that might be, you know, what it is they love to do and they're just kind of finding dancing as that outlet. Um, so what were some really positive things that you got out of dancing that you're also getting out of the the coffee business that kind of brings back those those memories of... of uh, uh,
2: positive yeah. things. Uh, would be um, I think I think dancers they always they are like perfectionists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, attention to smallest little details. I mm-hmm. have to work on this hip movement and stand there in front of the mirror for hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. gotcha. one that hip movement didn't work out right. So you have this unique ability to just focus on little details. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge positive thing when it comes to culture because warren will not overlook anything so everything has to be meticulously drafted (laughs) packaged (laughs) presented Mm
1: -hmm. i think when we get a new wholesale client it it feels like you know we we jump in the air and give each other a high five and it's like we just won first place (laughs) that's what it feels like nice yes Mm -hmm. and um during the day is when especially when we have big roasting days it's it's a rush because we're up against the clock and our day is based on getting everything done to get to ups by six mm-hmm. fifteen. nice so you have to get everything roasted and packaged and get there mm-hmm. on time so we're you know up and down left and right roasting packaging labels emails and all that so when the day's over it feels like, at least for me, it feels like we had a really productive dance practice and yeah. we say to each other, we say, good job, good job. That was good. Mm-hmm. So Every day it feels like, you know, you just ended that that mm-hmm. dance practice, which is cool because mm-hmm. not many people can say that after the end of the work day. Mm-hmm. But, great job. <laughs> good job. <laughs> High five. Nice. Yes. Yeah,
2: a great little victories. Yeah, but I
1: guess maybe we're used to that. You know, we're yeah. we're looking for that satisfaction out of a practice. Good mm-hmm. job. Dancing,
2: job. <laughs> running around, the endorphins, are, endorphins. Yeah, you feel great about it, and so you get the same kind of rush in the end of the one day after mm-hmm. all roasting session and have all the orders out.
0: Nice. Yeah, I imagine that that rush. I mean, it, like it's it's kind of uh that 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 you can probably feed off of that kind of energy you know rushing around and um there's this like they said that huge sense of accomplishment at the end of the day that's that's really awesome
2: (laughs) yes it's very rewarding
0: Mm -hmm. yeah great well joan and lauren this has been a lot of fun i feel we could talk coffee and dancing all day but i know you've got a lot to do um again it's been awesome that you were to take some time to, to talk to me Again, I love talking to entrepreneurs and hearing about your adventures, and um, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot here that our listeners will will get out of and kind of feel inspired by. So hopefully, they will um, be honest with themselves and to, you know, find find that passion, whether it's dancing or anything else out there. So, where do we find out more about you and Dancing Ox online? Where can we get your coffee?
1: You can go to DancingOxCoffee.com. And be on the lookout. We have in the next week or two, some t-shirts. We have new dance interviews um, with some dancers from all over the world in different genres of dance. Mm-hmm. New blends. Okay. New poppies are coming out. Um,
2: check out our blog. We have lots of interesting info there about, like Lauren said, dancers of different genres. And we mm-hmm. uh, just uh, like to spread some good content
1: wipes yes and it's free shipping with no minimums
0: <laughs> oh that's awesome yes that that is one thing that uh i think that will definitely get a lot of people excited too yeah but not just a great coffee but the free shipping is just is just a cherry on top that's awesome
2: yeah
0: cool yes and of course if uh, tango dancers i know there are a lot of tango marathons coming up after the uh, pandemic ends people will be dancing all night don't just go to starbucks in the morning you're going to want to get this stuff cause it, it is, uh, yeah, because it's you know like the melanga blend, it's it's low acid. It doesn't, it did not give me like that punch in the stomach feeling. You know, it's it's oh, they, just it's just like I just get the caffeine that I need and it I feel good.
1: <laughs> yeah, we actually we do need a new Tango blend. Okay, yeah, up. So be on the lookout.
0: All right, yeah. we will. <laughs> cool. Well, I'll have that URL in our show notes so people will be able to look up Dancing Ox Coffee and yeah, definitely get get yourself uh, beans or the drip. And uh, yeah, so Lauren and Joan, thank you again so much for taking the time to talk to me and uh, yeah, good luck with everything.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. It was great.
0: Okay, that was fun. Very interesting story indeed. So when we touched on the topic of making big changes, I really liked the point that Jean made, that if you've been doing something you love for a while and are thinking of quitting, then it's probably time to do so. Because if you really enjoy what you're doing, whether it's a career or a hobby, you're not thinking of leaving it behind. You're too busy enjoying yourself, right? Right. And I really appreciated what Lauren said about being honest with yourself, that if you're no longer happy with a career or hobby, you have to accept it and you shouldn't pressure yourself into finding something new right away. You need transition time. And when you're on your way to finding a new passion, keep an open mind. If you find yourself being curious about, say, coffee roasting or tango, stick with it for a while. Take some classes, put in some effort to get something out of it. If it's the right thing for you, it'll grab you. You'll know. So thank you again, Lauren and John, for telling us your story and for your time. And a huge thank you to all you listeners for tuning in. It really means a lot that you've made time to listen to the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a second to give it a five-star rating and review on iTunes or whatever platform you're using. That really helps. Thanks for your support. All right, you've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.